Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. How's everyone doing? Good, good, good. Woo! It's good. Well, happy uh, fourth, guys. I'm sure you're spending time with family. We've got people obviously out spending time with, we love that, spending time with family and and um, yeah, grateful. Hey, we are in a series called Unfinished. Say Unfinished. The series is out of the book of Nehemiah, and it's about making spiritual progress. It's about fortifying and creating defensive works against the attacks of a real spiritual enemy, and then witnessing the powerful results of healing and restoration that follow. That's what happens in Nehemiah. If you were to go home today and just kind of read through that book, I believe you're going to find a lot of really cool things that God will speak to you about your life and about how he wants to strengthen us and grow us. Nehemiah was devastated when he heard the news about the city he loved. It was in ruins, so he acted immediately by praying and asking God to give him favor, wisdom, and a plan. And so he started the journey to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, and we are just like that. We are works in progress, amen? We're works in progress. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're a piece of work. Hey, let's embrace unfinished. Let's take all the pressure off of us, right? We don't have to be finished today. We're, it's just the life that we're living. It's a journey with God. It's, we're growing. We're learning. We, we have ups and downs, but, but God is doing a work in us. Hey, any honeydew lists out there? Any honey? Now, I'm not trying to break. I'm not trying to get between any marriages, any relationships, but, but here's the truth. Uh, it, it seems that they can get pretty long pretty quick, those honeydew lists. And when they get long, it can be daunting and overwhelming. Truth be told, I got a few things I haven't tackled yet. I used to stare at a paint can every time I went downstairs as a reminder of something that had to be done. But recently, with some supernatural power, I'm able to not see it anymore. I'm in trouble. The real question is, will that list outlast my next 24 years of marriage with Emily? (laughs) After today, probably not. (laughs) You know, God has a honeydew list. He's got things to do, things to accomplish on this earth. He's always at work moving us forward in life, helping us to do the things that benefit us and others. God is at work, and his main mission is the work in us. Say, in us. Philippians 2.13, I love this verse. There's so much in it. Philippians 2.13, it says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He knows that when he gets his work done on the inside, the result is the desire and power to do his works on the outside. And remember, God isn't looking for perfection. Just progression. So we're in the book of Nehemiah, and he was given this task to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. It all started with some shocking news that got him thinking differently. Say, thinking differently. By the way, that, that's how we're transformed. We, we are, we're really changed 
by the renewing of our mind. We're, we're changed as we get different thoughts, as we come up higher and get God's thoughts. And, or, or things happen in our life that, that you know, kind of rock us in, in a good way. It gets us thinking differently. So he heard that the city he loved was in trouble. And this rattled him. I think he actually went through what many psychologists call a mental subtraction. It's, it's actually a, something that they use to help people kind of get back on track. And, and, and what it is, is, is well, let me just explain what happened. What I think it happened with Nehemiah. He all of a sudden thought to himself, what if the city that I love and the people that I love couldn't have a place to worship the God I love? See, it's good practice, and mental subtraction is, is when you think about the people in your life that are here right now, and, and you, 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 they're not going to be gone literally, but you can think what it would be like without them. What would it be like without my spouse or my children? What would it be like without my church family? How about my job? Or like, what would that be like? It's actually a good practice that when it's done the right way, you'll all of a sudden become more uh, grateful and passionate about the people in, in, our, in your life. Try it. So this moment, I believe of mental subtraction, when Nehemiah says, oh, no, 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 man, we got to have a wall, we got to have a temple, we got to have a city, that, that, that this, this stuff is not going down like this. It caused him to respond with urgency and passion. His heart was moved. And I found this, that we will put action to what we love the most. It's true, right? Proverbs 4.23 says this, says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. It's true. If you love your home, you'll do things to make it look nice, and you'll invest some money into it. If you love your boat, you'll shine it up. If you love your car, if you love that person, if you love God, true, right? We will put action to what we love the most. Last week we said, you'll pray for what you love, and that's what Nehemiah did, but there's another thing that he did. He provided for what he loved. We will provide for what we love. And Nehemiah got right to work to provide, say provide, when he heard the bad news about the city he loved. So let's get started. I'm going to read this portion for you. We've already gone through Nehemiah 1 and part of 2. So he hears the bad news, and Nehemiah 2, 6, 8 says, The king with the queen sitting beside him asked, How long will you be gone? So Nehemiah says, I got to go. I, I got to travel here and, and fix this wall. How long will you be gone? When will you return? After I told how long I'd be gone, the king agreed to my request. Verse 7, I also said to the king, if it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors of the province west of the Euphrates River, instructing them to let me travel safely through their territories on my way to Judah. And please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I'll need it to make the beams for the gates of the temple fortress for the city walls and for the house for myself, and the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was on me. Oh, I love this. Starting his journey, there's some things that he needs and some thoughts I believe that he was thinking. First, let me say this the work that you and I are called to repair will not last forever. 
the work has a timeline set by God. And that's why if we're ever in people's lives and, and, and we're trying to help them get through something, and it seems like they're going around the mountain over and over again, like we all had, right? Going around the mountain? Well, why? Uh, it could be, it could be that, that, that maybe there's, a, there's, there's something that, that needs to be fixed so that we don't go around the mountain over and over again, right? Because I believe God has a timeline for that work. Whether it's a certain healing or a breakthrough in your life or if it's in a marriage, God has a timeline. Because it says this, it says, they asked him, Nehemiah, how long will you be gone? When will you return? And I told him how long I would be gone. And the king agreed to my request. See, when you go into any type of work and it can seem overwhelming, just know there's a timeline to it. It's not going to be forever. This too shall pass. You may be called to repair a relationship. You may be called to restore a marriage. You may be called to help someone else to get back on their feet again. Focus on that work until it's time to move on and then to the next work. Your current work has a timeline. And by the way, the work of repairing and rebuilding Jerusalem's walls and gates was completed in just 52 days. Come on. And I think with God, things get expedited. Things move fast. So don't think the task will last forever. It seems like that when you're going newer, right? This too shall pass. The most important thing you need to know and think before you get started is this. God is on your side. Say, God is on your side. Nehemiah said, the hand, the gracious hand of God was on me. That's what Nehemiah recognized. And if you remember last week, when the king saw Nehemiah in the dumps, the first response of the king was, how can I help you? Do you see God's disposition? Do you see how he responds to us every single time? How can I help you? Because I'm on your side. That's what God would say. The first thing He'll say, before we get started, how can I help you? But if we're to be honest, our first response is usually, how am I going to do this? How am I going to fix this? Come on, right? I've learned that my eye does not compare to his eye. My name is Dan. He's the great I am. He's the great I am. I never come close to him. God is on your side, and, 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 and that should give you and I great confidence to move forward. So our first response should always be this. Uh, God, how are you going to help me? <laughs> right? How are you going to fix this? Not how am I going to fix it. How are you going to fix it? Don't worry, Dan, I got a plan. I got a plan. As a matter of fact, this is how God literally helps us right here, Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Now, I know that when I'm in trouble or I got some big, huge task calling to fulfill, I know God's around me. Come on, right? Well, I know he's somewhere. Maybe he's over in Lake City. He'll come by soon. He'll be there. He'll be there when he's, he'll be there when, 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 when I'm ready for him. No, 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 no. That's not true. God is with you, but he, listen, he's got your hand. Please hear this. God has your right hand. He's got your right hand. He's not just somewhere off in the distance waiting for the bat signal. 
He's got you by your hand. He says, I got this because I got you. That's a lot different than that phrase we, we say that we get kind of sick of, oh, God's got this. Great. But God's got this because he's got you. He's got your hand. He's holding your hand. So do not fear. He will help you. God is on your side. So you can make a move forward with confidence because there's no risk of failure with God. We know that God works all things out for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I know that one. Have you ever heard this one before in Psalm 61? 62, I'm sorry, one, two, I stand silent to listen for the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my savior. He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me for he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? Nehemiah needed to know this. God is on your side. Tell your neighbor to say, God is on your side. Don't be too down when you say that. <laughs> let, let that sink deep into your heart and soul today. So let me give you a few more things to think about when fixing, repairing, restoring, and building your spiritual life. Let me give you three thoughts that I believe Nehemiah had in his mind before he got started. And by the way, this is how God thinks. Think generous. Say, think generous. Nehemiah was bold in asking for everything he needed for the task, from travel to time to timber. He got what he needed because he said, the generous hand of God was on me. That big work requires a big God and a big request. Think generous. Think generous. Say, think generous. Because that's how God thinks. That's who God is. He's generous. Just look around at this wonderful earth with an abundance of provision and opportunity. Just look into the sky and see the vast expanse, stars and galaxies that cannot be counted. Just look at the human body and be amazed at how God so generously and wonderfully created us. Think generous. God is. Psalm 51 verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. In Romans 10, 12, Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. And by the way, he generously gave us his one and only son. Who would do that? It's generosity. So when navigating through life, let me say this. This is so important. Never lose generosity. Never lose generosity. Never lose it. So be generous to yourself and others. Be good to yourself. Speak well of yourself. Speak well of others. Love generously. God certainly generally, generously lavishes his love on you and I. So why would we hold back? If God is generous, shouldn't we follow his example? 
When starting a work, think generous. I love this verse. Look at this. Isaiah 32, 8. It says, but generous people plan to do what is generous, and they stand firm in their generosity. I just love being around people who, like, you talk to them, like, they're already planning. They already got generosity, like, like months ahead. They plan it. It definitely challenges me and compels me to say, man, I, I want to live that way because that is freedom. That is, uh, they put their trust in the Lord. But they see God as generous and therefore they reciprocate that. It's generosity. And I get it. We've all been, I've been in times where I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. I better hold on to this or hold on to that. But God never, ever reacts that way. Never responds that way. But I get it, when there's a mountain in front of you, when there's a storm raging around you, when the waters are rough below you, the tendency is to withhold, to shrink back, to give in to fear. But look what Isaac did when trouble came. There was a famine in the land that year. People were struggling with fear. They were scrambling to store up as much as they could. Gas prices were through the roof. Food was becoming scarce. Nobody was sowing. Nobody was thinking generous except one, Isaac. And look what happened. Genesis 26, 12. When Isaac planted his crops in that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord blessed him. The gracious, generous hand of God was upon him. This is not to make any of us feel bad. This is, to, this is to let you know there's another kingdom out there. It is a generous kingdom with enough supply that is unlimited. Usually it's not a supply issue, it's a demand issue. It, it, it's, it's a thinking, oh, I don't think God could do that. I don't know, no, 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 no. Yes, he could. Yes, he could. He already has. Man, he was generous in times of famine. When everyone else was giving into fear, he was working his generous faith. Listen, when God calls you, he qualifies you. And when he qualifies you, he supplies you. He funds and furnishes the project. Don't get too excited about that. Listen, I'll say it this way. God's will, God's bill. Do we need to light some firecrackers in here or something? <laughs> God's will, God's bill. Say God's will. God's bill. So don't be afraid to take a step of faith regarding what needs to be repaired. And I think of repairing, I, I always want to go to obviously our own souls, our own hearts. And then I think the next place you go is, is, is if you're in a, a marriage or a relationship, that you restore that relationship. And I tell people, listen, spend some money. On your marriage, go to a marriage, buy some books, go to a marriage conference, get some counseling, go take a trip together, pay for the kids to be, have some babysitters. I mean, it is worth it because we provide for what we love. Amen? But think generous. Think generous. And think team. Say think team. God thinks this way. So whatever you're going to do, have a, you have something to do, a project, whatever it is, family, think team. This is how God thinks. Remember in the beginning, let us make man in our image. He had a team around him called Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He realized he wasn't going to do it alone. 
Think team. Think about the people in your life right now that can help you repair the ruins. Think who can help you in your relationship with your family, with your finances, with the work. And I would say, don't be a lone ranger. Don't be an island to yourself. Get some help. Proverbs 18.1 says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Often think of that. Often think of that scripture when I think, oh, I, got, I can handle this, Emily. I can handle this. I got it. I'll show you that I'm a man. I think, question mark, I'll show you. Matter of fact, a little, little tip for, for, to take your manhood up. This doesn't really, this is the opposite of what I'm talking about, but um, I had to go to Walmart to get some, probably some Febreze or something for, for the house, something for the house, and you gotta walk over to that place, get that flowery stuff, and so I decided to go to the oil section, grab a quart of oil, 10W30. Carry that thing around. I carried that thing from one end to the next. And I'll tell you something. I felt powerful. I felt like nobody's going to mess with a man with a quart of oil in his hands, right? He's just like, oh, man, that guy's serious. He's on a mission, right? Just hold a quart, just showing it around, 10W30 right here. And then you go into the aisle with the Febreze, quick grab that, bring it out, just show everybody. On your way out, grab some ammo, even though you don't have a gun. <laughs> has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But it's the opposite of what I'm saying. Think team. <laughs> and don't worry. God will help you gather a team. Just make your request known to God and be ready. Nehemiah requested a team. He says, if it please the king, let me have letters addressed to the governors. Plural. Woo. And please give me a letter addressed to the manager of the king's forest. He was thinking, team, Ecclesiastes 4.9 says this, two are better off than one because together they can work more effectively. God has everything you need to rebuild, everything and every one. So think team. Say think team. All right, we're getting there. And lastly, and lastly, think yes. Think yes. Say think yes. That's how God thinks. That's how God thinks. Whenever you are, whatever you're going through in life, just remember, God says yes. Now, sometimes he says not yet. I understand that. Not yet. But there's a yes behind it. Not yet, Dan. You don't have to grow. I'm going to grow you in this area. I'm going to get you ready for, for what I need for you. You can't do it now, but you're going to be able to do it then. Not yet. But when it comes to his promises, his answer is always that was a fourth, that was not a fourth of July, yes. And when it comes to his promises, his answer is always yes. come on, you guys. You need to know this. This should ignite our faith. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes. In Christ. One version says they are yes and amen, meaning so be it, meaning done deal, meaning you can bank on it. 
Numbers 23.9, if I haven't memorized, it says, he says, am I, not a, am I a God, that I, am I a man that I should lie, nor a son of man that I should repent? And God says, have I not said, and will I not do? Have I said it? If I said it, I'm going to do it. But what happens is our opinions get in the way. And I say opinions are a lot like noses. They usually have a couple holes in them. Or our what about, well, what about this and what about that and what about this didn't, what about, no, 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 no. Your whatabouts cannot compare to the word of God. I've had a lot of what, well, what about, I, I, don't, I prayed this and this happened. I, no, 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 no. Don't let, don't let the circumstances or your situations overpower the very promises of God that are yes and amen. And I know, I, I get it. We're, we're messing with human thinking here. I get it. We've all been through trials and tests, and some of you, deep, deep, traumatic things. But I'll tell you something. Whatever we go through in life, God is working it out. He's working it out. He has promises still that are, are yes, they're yes, they're yes. I'm going to work this out. I'm going to get you through. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you how faithful I am. Amen? You don't want my opinion. Promise, I promise you, you want his word, which has absolutely no holes in it. Nehemiah was determined to go, listen, because he knew God said yes. I want you to understand yes for you, because if we don't know or think yes, we will we will not be able to do what God's called us to do. We will be fearful. We will hesitate. We will not be sure. And James says that, that we become tossed to and fro, right? We don't want that. Just, just say yes. Say yes. Say thank you, God, that you say yes to your promises. Nehemiah knew it. He goes, I, I, know, I know God loves his temple. I know God loves his people, and I know God loves the city. He'll always love Jerusalem. Jerusalem is dear to his heart. That's his chosen people, right? Everything revolves around Jerusalem prophetically. You want to know what's happening in the world? Just, just take a look what's happening in Jerusalem, his heart. So Nehemiah said, oh, yes, yes, yes. See, there are hundreds of promises in the Bible that God says yes to. Like this one, God, will you show me that you exist? Yes. If you seek me, you'll find me, Dan. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. God, will you get me through this suffering season? And God says yes. God will not let you be tested beyond your strength with your trial, he'll also provide you a means of escape, a way out. God, will you forgive me? He is faithful and just to forgive some of our sins. Come on, correct me. All, every single one. God, will you give me peace? Jesus said, I leave you with peace. 
My peace I give to you. God, will you give me wisdom? If anyone lacks wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you generously. God, will you bring good out of this bad situation? And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and call according to his purpose. God, will you provide for me? I heard a few maybes out there. <laughs> always. Yes, always. Yes, he will. Isn't God good? I never... Again, JoJo's quote is perfect. Is our kids get bigger, God gets bigger. <laughs> Thank you for that. We, we, we always think, well, man, when they get bigger, they're going to eat three times as much. They're going to need this much more stuff. And God is faithful. Because he said, Paul said, my God, which I love the way, I love that he said that. He was saying, hey, hey, let me tell you something, church. My God. Like, you got to own it. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Once you, once you know that God provides and you got it and you own it, oh man, now you go, oh, no, 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 don't ever think that way. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory, not mine. God, will you lead me to my destiny? Yes. Before you were born, I knew you. He says, I set you apart. I appointed you and I anointed you to do good works for God. He says, yes, yes, yes. And he says to you that you came into this world a champion. Unique, intricately made, a miracle ordained by God with a unique destiny to be fulfilled. And God says yes to you. And I don't know what trouble you're facing, what mountain that stands in your way, but God is with you to see you begin the work of repair and restoration to see you grow spiritually, to see you get the devil off your back. So in starting a work, just know that God is on your side. Just know that he's compelling us to think generous, think team, and think yes. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much, God, for your word. Thank you for your presence. And I don't know, God, what, what everyone needs today. But I know, God, that you have the supply and you have a supply that's actually exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Matter of fact, I heard the Lord say this before in a certain translation that when God wants to bless you, he actually wants to embarrass you in a sense. In a sense that you see how great and loving and generous he is. So never shrink back and think that, that how God has blessed you is not from him. God wants to, I'm not talking about stuff. I'm talking about the richness and the substance of your heart and your soul and your family and growing and the things God is doing in the season. God, thank you. Thank you, God. And I just prophesy over your next season that it would be even more abundant than your previous season. Because God, we're just locking into you. 
and your generosity, your teamwork, God, your teamwork, God. And Lord, your answer of yes and amen. We love you, Lord. Would you pray this? Say, Jesus, you're my king. You're my Lord. You're the master builder of my life. I surrender to you. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me, forgiving me. I'm yours forever. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. All right. Hey, guys, enjoy your family today. We love you. Be safe. We'll see you guys next week. Prayer team is here to pray for you. God bless you. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.